Welcome to the Back in Action Podcast. Are you a weekend warrior, a current or former high-performing athlete, or do you just have questions about what a chiropractor can do for you in a rehab setting? Here, we'll dive into the world of chiropractic and exercise rehab and how they both can be utilized to get you back in action. Hello and welcome everyone to episode three of the Back in Action podcast. Uh, We hope everyone had a really great weekend and we are ready to go here. Um, We have a lot of content to get through today. Um, It's going to consist of a lot of importance surrounding rehab, staying active and moving, some of our favorite rehab exercises. Um, And we're even going to kind of talk more into sort of has to do with the mindset, but just getting someone who's not active to buy into the importance of exercise um, and conditioning. And then we're also going to talk about something that we harp on in school a lot is how people just assume we're just chiropractors, we should only be adjusting, it's not like we're PTs. So we're going to dive into why that is a misconception as well. Um, So to start things off, I just wanted to touch on the importance of rehab um, from my perspective. And in my opinion, like I think rehab, everyone varies with how they want to treat, obviously, but for me, I want to be very sports specific, talk about pattern training. Um, and when we say rehab, we're not just, we're not, it's not like we're trying to create bodybuilders out of people. We're trying to implement real life movements into our care plan. Um, you know, like for example, I know Connor's probably going to use the example at least six or seven times tonight, but someone who wants to be able to pick up their grandkid, uh, it would be important to implement like working on a squat, uh, technique just so that we know that they're not going to injure themselves. Um, Or you can even take it if you want to think about sports like basketball. Um, A lot of people can be single leg dominant depending on like if you're a right-handed player, you're more likely to take right-handed layups. So you're going to use that side of your body a lot more for like one-legged takeoffs. Um, And this can eventually lead to a lot of imbalances. So for me, like if I had a player come into my office and we wanted to work on avoiding that imbalance, like a big thing I would put emphasis on um, is more so on the glutes rather than, you know, just a traditional squat. Like I would definitely want to do, um, a lot of like power cleans, uh, a lot of, uh, gob- not goblet squats. What's the RDLs? That's what I was looking for. Um, I would want to put a lot of emphasis on that. Um, and also, you know, basketball compared to golf, like, let's take that example, like basketball, you want to work on more explosiveness and, you know, speed with your lifts. Um, you know, really push a lot of power where golf, it might consist of, you know, we really got to work on those hips to push through swings and stuff. It doesn't need to be super explosive, but it needs to be controlled. Um, so with that, that was just my quick take on that, but I'll let you guys take it away for what your thoughts are on the importance of rehab. Um, and then if you want to touch on the importance of just activity in general and staying mobile for any type of patient, not just athletes. Oh yeah. Well, um, I figure, figure with most of my patients that I'm going to end up seeing probably a little bit different than you, Bridget. I'll probably not have my hand in the sports realm as, as much just due to the area I'm from a little bit, uh, a lot more weekend warriors in a retirement community and more or less focused on the rehab portion of just functional movement patterns, like, uh, getting back to the basics of your your hip hinge, your squat, 
just going through making ADLs easier. But really, won't get into too much uh, heavy lifting stuff per se, but uh, a lot more just uh, ADL work would be where I'm headed down. And it's definitely important for everyone. Uh, nobody's perfect. You can always get better, get stronger, and just make movement easier. A lot of people move inefficiently, and by working at some of that efficiency, it makes things a lot easier on your body, uh, your health, and both physical and mental. It's definitely going to be a lot more just keeping everyone mobile in motion. And uh, it's like a, a body in motion will stay in motion, but it's hard to get that body into motion. I think coming from a spot where high retirement population is a little bit harder to sell the rehab portion where it's okay. I just need to come in and I'll get my adjustment once a month and then I'll be good to go. Uh, I get up can and I around. I sit on the couch quick? and watch. T Just want yeah, sure, to throw not? a question at you right there. Do you think it's the system of what people perceive chiropractic is that makes it hard to implement rehab? Or do you think it's more of it? Like, I don't know. Like, cause obviously like I get what you're saying completely, but do you think it's more of a patient not being willing to buy into that at, at like when they're at a different age level or do you think it's more of the system of chiropractic to a certain extent it comes to be just their preconceived concept like uh, of what a chiropractor does or what they can get out of chiropractic a lot of it falls on us for doing like for education us as a like field is if we're not good at educating people about what we do then who is it really to fault them for thinking that's all we do when we can't we're essentially not selling ourselves they're telling them what we can actually do for them that they think oh i have to go see a personal trainer if i want to get exercises post-surgery if to pt oh and if i just want an adjustment or something like that i'll go see a chiropractor and that's it now not everything has to have their own little like their own lane a lot of lanes can interject they can cross they can be the same lane I, so it comes down to education on the part of the practitioner, not necessarily the patient, although they definitely can do some like research on their on their own time. And then Austin, where are you at with your thought process and all that? So we're talking about like importance of rehab or just like in terms of patients. Yeah, I or mean, just the, what you think, like, why you think it's imperative to, I don't know, why you think it's imperative to not just adjust to do rehab, or if you want to touch on just why it's so important to stay active. Um. So, yeah, like, I think it's, like, rehab is an important aspect of treatment because, well, it works. Like, you look at a lot of things that we can do. And a lot of things are like anecdotal and like people are like, oh yeah, I feel great after that. Or like, you know, like, but do they really like it? Like, how do you know? Like that's that, that's the actual thing that's like helping them. So just like, I'll base it off of research and stuff. And you can see, like, you can read like shit tons of research on like how rehab works for, um, like helping people with injuries and even injury prevention to a certain extent. 
it's kind of like a crossover between like what is rehab and what is training. So like, I think rehab is kind of like, obviously if you have an injury and you're trying to get them to go through certain motions or movement patterns or, um, strengthening mobilization, like that's more rehab for me. And then like training, it's like, it almost kind of fits right in there too, because you're going to be doing a lot of the similar things. Um, so that's kind of why I think it's like imperative to not just adjust because for us, like, yeah, we're Kairos and we like specialize in adjusting. Like that's what we're taught, but like we should also follow like what works and like rehab clearly works with like people who have, um, injuries and stuff. And obviously like it's hard to kind of like break that narrative of like, oh, you're a Cairo, like just adjust. But like we're more than a Cairo, like we're MSK specialists. Like that's how I like to kind of describe myself. So it's like if if you're an MSK specialist, like you're gonna do more than just one modality, which would be adjusting in this case. So for me, like rehab's gonna be like a big aspect of and already is like a big aspect of, um, how I work with patients. Yeah. It honestly seems like the paradigm's kind of shifting from, we're not just, it almost seems like it's, you have chiropractors and then you have rehab chiropractors and not to say that one just works with athletes and, you know, one doesn't, but it's just in terms of treatment philosophy. I think that's changed like a lot. Um, and then I was going to ask you Austin too, um, what would you, just while you were talking, I thought of the question, uh, what would you tell a patient if they came into your office and they said, um, you know, I think I just need to rest? Like, how would you approach that kind of question? Yeah. Yeah. The old RICE, the RICE acronym. Um, it's like, whatever. Like, there's so much stuff out there on online and people are going to see that. And that's kind of like the outdated like model of like rest ice compression elevate so people are going to follow that but like there's so much more research on um just like movement and like modifying movement so i was looking i didn't even know this but i guess there's like a new acronym out there now that's like meat so it's um movement exercise uh fuck what's the a i forget the a but uh, and then T is like treatment. So just like taking a different approach, like, uh, someone, obviously it depends, depends on the injury. Um, but for the most part, you can get away with just modifying their activity. So if it's someone who's like suffering from knee pain with running, like if they're a runner, you're not going to tell them, Oh, like you're, you can't run. Like you're not going to run for the next month. Like stay off your feet. You're going to like modify it, be like, okay, like we'll run, but how you're going to modify it is just like, okay, maybe you're running less distance, um, per week, or maybe you're running at a different pace. So you're putting less stress through those tissues that are bothering the person rather than telling them to rest, um, them losing all their like physical capacity to do that stuff. And then you're kind of back to square one. So the whole like resting thing is kind of BS. So don't let anyone tell you to just rest for a month or whatever. 
Yeah, and that acronym was, I just looked it up, it's Movement, Exercise, Analgesics, and Treatment. Does that sound right? Yes, Analgesics. Yeah, that's it. I'm surprised I could even pronounce that word. First, I read it at first, and I was like, I don't <laughs> yeah, know about a, that one. Yeah, it's a tough one. But, uh, yeah, obviously, like, rest is obviously important um, in the whole recovery process. Um, but, you know, resting for such long durations actually has, as we learn in school, such negative impacts. You know, you can build up scar tissue in your joints if you're not remaining, you know, mobile. Um, and you need fluid to go in and out of those joints to clean out all that metabolic waste that we, you know, all those classes that we took that we learned about. Um so yeah, it's obviously important to keep moving, and um, I I honestly think that's changing though a lot. Like I feel like a lot of people are recognizing that that's not the way to go anymore. Especially in obviously healthcare, we're realizing that more. Um, so hopefully that keeps trickling down the chain there. Uh, Connor, how would you approach it? How would you tell someone who, you know, someone comes in says, "I think I just need to rest for a while and not work, get off my feet." What are you gonna say to that person? Well, while holding back laughter, I'd be uh, very much kind of the notion that like keeping something in motion, it's like the whole a body at rest will stay at rest, but a body in motion will remain in motion. Like, So it's harder to get started again after you're resting. You're just letting your body kind of go back a couple steps. It's a couple, it's like three, four steps back only to go two steps forward. Whereas if you just kind of uh, I'll just say modify activities and all of that. Like what Austin was saying with running, even if it's okay, well, you get pain at, the, like you said, at a certain pace and all that. It's like, well, let's go down a little bit. Let's check your cadence and all of that. Uh, let's even walk like a run walk. Like, okay, I get, I get pain after like a, a kilometer or for Bridget half a mile, just over half a mile in American terms, uh, just uh, kind of changing the distance. Like, okay, so we're going to gonna run half a mile or 800 or 600 meters or whatever it is, 800 meters, yeah. And then uh, walk for a little bit. And then if you're able to do that, either that or just modify completely their activities. Just kind of... Any modification is better than just complete uh, stoppage of it. That's definitely my my opinion. So just keep things moving with pain free pain free range of motion is what I tell all of my patients. Like I'd rather you keep things moving even just a little bit than have nothing move at all. It's kind of like I see a couple of shoulder patients. And they're like, oh, well, it, it hurts when I do all of this. So, like, should I just not move it at all? Like, well, no, because you're at that age group where frozen shoulder becomes a little bit more of a reality than a myth. <laughs> or it's, I need to, you need to keep things moving in order to kind of prevent some of these injuries. So, just. Activity modification, movement modifications, and just seeing how you can kind of make life easier on them for that time being and gradually work themselves, work them back up to the place that they were in the activity levels they were at. That's a 
that's about it. Yeah, I like I like we're kind of on the same page. I I forgot to add this and like it's kind of what we were already talking about, but like just the whole idea of like the fit principles. So frequency, intensity, time, and type. So those are like the variables that you can like modify during exercise. So like if you, for example, like frequency, like someone's running like five days a week and I keep going back to that running example, but it kind of works with anything and they're having pain, like maybe cut them back to like two or three runs and see how they feel with that. Like, it's just like testing different things. Like, not just telling them like, no, you can't run anymore or like bench press anymore. It's just changing those, those principles. So yeah. And going off of that, like, especially with the runner's example that you just gave Austin, like I know I had a patient, um, at the Buffalo clinic that she, she was an avid runner and, um, ended up getting like super bad shin splints, started getting like calf pain and everything. Um, and like the number one thing you can't, especially athletes, like if you tell them they can't do this one thing that they love doing, it, it's pretty tough for them to like completely buy into that, especially when it's their routine. Like I said, they love doing it. Um, so a big thing with her that we did was like interval training. Like it was, let's see how you can go for three minutes and walk a minute, go another three minutes, walk a minute. And uh, we kept doing that for like two weeks and she had no pain after that. So I think it was just calming down the muscles and then kind of trying to just reintroduce a way that she wasn't overexpending herself on her runs. And that was definitely helpful. So I, I like that fit principle. I didn't even know. I feel like we've actually like learned about that before, but it's something that like, it's not until we like talk about stuff like this that you like realize yeah, uh, all the little I feel things. Like, I think that was more of my kinesiology days. I don't think we even touched that in Cairo school, but it is I think what we it did is. In, the, in the sports class on the weekends. Oh, did we? Maybe I, I just wasn't so. paying attention. Probably not. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 something that they harp on in kin programs like yeah. all the time. I feel like it's half of your classes are like, okay, what's the fit principle for this? How would you tr- do something in this person's training regime? Like, mm-hmm. works for everyone. Yeah, definitely. Just modify. What do you got, Horace? Um, Well, I have a question that we kind of haven't touched upon yet, but the the why is exercise so important to injury prevention? You guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's easier for a body to heal that's already active and muscles that are already being... um, you know, used on a daily basis. Um, so one of the things that I would say is like, I, a big thing that like, I want to harp on is like my favorite exercises are like a deadlift, uh, a squat, even though I suck at squats, still working on them. Um, but deadlift squat. And then honestly, like even Bulgarian squats are like awesome too. And those, I feel like those three exercises themselves do so much for the body in aiding in injury prevention because if you think about it, you're not just engaging one muscle at a time you know what i mean it's not like or not even one or two muscles but you're, you're almost like doing like a full body exercise when you're doing those because of everything you're engaging um so i just think inju- injury prevention in general 
I'm not saying it has to surround those three exercises, but I do think there needs to be some level of those exercises done in your workout routine. That's just my take on it. Um, and then obviously, like, I just feel like even though there's there's certain levels of exercise, like you have like your elite athletes, you have like your just daily runner, you have someone that just likes to hit the gym and lift weights. There's obviously risk to injury in everything you do. Um, but I think the more in tune you are with your body, I think the less likelihood you are to injure yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I wanted to bring this up because like, I kind of think about go back to like the root of it. Like we're talking about injury prevention, but if you think about like why injuries actually happen, like obviously you have your like trauma injuries that you know, like you could have never prevented, like you get in a car crash, like it doesn't matter how many squats you do, like it's going to hurt. <laughs> like, but then you have your other injuries that I feel like are preventable. Um, and a lot of that, that how I kind of think about it is that like your capacity, your body's capacity was kind of, um, overmatched by the demands that were placed on it. So I always think like, being in the gym and doing these like rehab exercises or like training is like building up your body's capacity to meet these demands. So I always think about like, we'll use Connor's like classic example of like picking up the grandkid. You get like, I don't know, 40, 50 year old, oh, maybe, maybe older, 60. And she has her like 10 year old kid. Who's like 40 pounds. Like when you, when do you think the last time that that lady has picked up like a 40 pound anything like probably never so she just her body doesn't physically have like the capacity or hasn't been exposed to that stimulus enough to like meet the demands of picking up her grandkid so for me rehab is building a person's capacity to meet their demands in whatever it is so like whether like what you were talking about was like squatting or bulgarian squats like you're strengthening the body, you're, um, exposing your body to these, these external loads that when you go and do something like pick up your grandkid or play sports, like you're physically capable of doing that without getting injured because your capacity has been expanded because of what you're doing in the gym. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. I'm just going to, uh, the one thing that I think gets overlooked quite a lot is the mechanical, like the biomechanics side of it. Like everyone hears capacity. They just think, okay, throw more weight on, get stronger, throw more weight on, get stronger, throw more weight on. But really starting back from ground, like from ground level and reteaching them how to properly do stuff is just as important, if not more important than being able to lift a certain amount of weight. Like somebody might be able to squat 400 pounds, but there's, it's such an ugly squat that they do it twice and they throw something out. Whereas somebody can squat a hundred pounds, but it's the most picture perfect squat you've got. They can do it for years and never be injured. It's just one of those things that I feel like a lot of people get hung up on the thought of, well, I, it's just gonna, I'm just gonna have to get like lift heavier weights to get better, like to really teach my body how to properly do that. And while that might be true, but 
the real thing that we have to focus on, I think, as chiropractors is the mechanical, like biomechanics, and harping on proper, like proper technique. You hear, we get harped on for proper technique during treatment and all of that. Like, keep ourselves in an efficient, like, efficient position to essentially make sure we have long careers. And that's essentially what we're doing for them is ensuring that they live a longer, healthier life by teaching them how to properly do things that their body might not be able to like withstand if they weren't able to, if they didn't do it properly. Yeah. So I think both of you made awesome points. Um, you know, Austin talking about capacity and Connor, I took a lot of yours as, uh, being efficiency and honestly like if I had to throw a word in here too to kind of describe like what I think we all are hoping to give our patients is just the empowerment portion of things giving them the ability to know that there are other techniques there techniques there's other ways in which to deal with your pain other than just an adjustment and giving them sorry the dog ran into <laughs> and giving them uh <laughs> the tools they need to be able to do it on because obviously like our main goal is to get them out of our office as quick as possible meaning they're out of pain we've given them the appropriate tools to function uh daily well trying to avoid the pain and everything like that so i think that's a huge thing um is just empowering them to be able to do that um and then i wanted to ask this is going back to i think austin was talking about it when he you were talking about like how there's a difference between rehab and training or how like you kind of, I think you were saying anyways, that you kind of think mm -hmm. they're almost like two different avenues. Do you think they really are two different avenues or do you think honestly one can't be done without the other in a sense? Like, cause I, I agreed with everything that you said, but like how I always like viewed it was your training is essentially prehab for not for rehab yeah, in general, yeah, but no, you know what I mean? Sense. Like, I almost yeah. feel like they kind of do tie in together. So with that being said, do you target, do you target someone's rehab towards how they train specifically? Or, you know what I mean? Like, obviously it is going to be patient centered, but like, do you understand what I'm asking with that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if like, I meant to say like, they're just two completely different things. Cause they definitely, you're, you're essentially using like the same principles and the same kind of thing, but just everyone thinks of rehab as like, you know, like little dinky, like pink dumbbells or like little bands and shit. Like that could be training to someone. So it doesn't it, like the load shouldn't like dictate what it's called to be honest. Like I feel like the words are pretty interchangeable. Like you could call someone's rehab training cause like they're training to get back to, um, like everyday activities and stuff, but you can also call, like, I like what you said, like training, like prehab. Cause like, if you're an athlete, like you're training, but that's not really your sport. You're training because you want to get better at whatever on the field, on the ice, on the court. Like that's like prehab prevent preventing injuries, but also performance. So I think they are very similar. Like, honestly, pretty much interchangeable in my eyes. Yeah. So, uh, the way I kind of see it is rehab is getting you out of pain. Training is keeping you, keeping you out of pain. 
So in order to get out of pain first, we have to get enter the rehab, the rehab mind. But once you're out of that pain, then although we might be doing the same exercises, just progressions of, of that, it then becomes training, which is keeping you out of pain. So kind of think of it as like the on-ramp to the highway. The on-ramp is the rehab. And then once you get in there, you're back into the world of training. And then training is essentially keeping you out of pain as long as we can, whether that's through like me, a personal trainer, or just like yourself, just keeping you out of pain and keeping you functioning healthily. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah, like one kind of leads to the next. Yeah, I think those are all really good points. I I only asked that because like it kind of was segueing into my next thought process, which was kind of going back to what I originally said with like working with athletes, like sports specific uh, pattern training, because I feel like if you're going to have someone train, you obviously want to train them in a way that helps them choose. Like I, I always go back to the example of basketball, but it helps them choose the appropriate like movement patterns for the appropriate time in a game. You know what I mean? Like if you're backpedaling down the court, like that's obviously going to require a lot of hamstring strength. And then to be able to turn on a dime and go into a lateral shuffle on defense, you know what I mean? You got to work the hip flexors. And it's a lot like I compare basketball to hockey a lot in terms of those movements. Like, you know, if you're skating backwards and then you got to quickly shift over to stop a guy coming down the wing. Like, I don't know, for me, I would, just say that like I would definitely want to center my prehab and training around that. Do you guys have any opinions on training patterns specific with athletes or would you say it's you have to encompass everything as a whole? Um, I mean, I think every athlete to some extent is going to benefit off like being stronger. Like I, I don't think you can go wrong with, with being strong. Um, but at the same time, yeah, like you definitely, if you're working with like sports specific athletes or even general population, to be honest, like you want to gear either your rehab or your, your training to what their demands are going to be outside of that setting. So like you said, like basketball, like gear the training towards that. Um, like you're not gonna like that's, and that's why you see, basketball players like how they look they're usually like a little bit lankier uh, but they can jump really freaking high so like there's no need for them to be doing like a 325 bench like you just gotta know your athletes or know your demographic right and i think that's what i was kind of trying to get more at like should a basketball like so you think a basketball player should be training completely differently from like a baseball player just in terms of how the game varies so much, you know what I mean? Or do you think almost every athlete should be able to do like the standard deadlift squat? You know what I mean? Like should their treatment plans in terms of rehab training be different or would you rather them be pretty much the same so that you're targeting everything? I'd say like, so I'm going to categorize sports as uh, power sports and finesse sports. So certain power sports like the, like your hockey, uh, baseball, basketball, all those ones that are fast paced, everything like that, you're going to need to be explosive, strong, and just overall quick. So tailoring certain movements to that 
is definitely something that you want to get towards. Whereas your finesse ones, you can be able to like, you're working more on finer movements, kind of sports specific movements and not so much the, although you do need some power and quickness with some of those finesse sports, you're looking at more like game simulation stuff rather than just trying to build as much speed, power and quickness as you can. Although to a certain extent, it just might not be as like as much volume as those of the explosive sports per se. I don't know what you guys think about that, but that's kind of obviously like depending on position as well with certain sports, they might need some more finesse stuff or it's kind of like a spectrum. You, you kind of put them like, okay, this one requires a little bit more finesse, but a like not as much power and this one is 90 percent power but it's also going to have a little bit of finesse so just kind of tailoring it along that spectrum is kind of how i would go about it it's the most vague answer i probably could have given but no i, I mean like... that was pretty much the pretty similar approach is what i was thinking because like like i like I, i'll go back to the basketball and baseball thing like when i think of basketball i think of a lot of like multi-directional plyometric kind of things whereas like baseball i'm more of trying to keep endurance up for like a pitcher and like working on things that target that a little more and i think that's pretty much what like you were saying too right connor to an extent yeah that's kind of the basis is what i was trying to get at that their training is going to be a little bit different to say, but they might have some of the same exercises. They still are going to need like a pitcher is going to need to be able to generate power quickly, mm-hmm. but they're also going to need some of the finesse of like the, the hip turn. I have also never played baseball, so I'm completely winging this. You're going to need a little bit more finesse to kind of manipulate the hand and shoulder on what uh, kind of pitch you're throwing the hips for speed, like hips for speed and all of that. I could be completely wrong with this, but that's how I would go. I, w- I would go about it. I'm just kind of imagining it like a slap shot in hockey and imagining it as a baseball player. Yeah, I just always think of like um, being like in university and just we'd train and like a lot of the other teams would be surrounding us and like they'd be training as well. And we'd see like the swim team training and I'd be like, what the hell are they doing sometimes? But then other times they were like doing squats and like doing like lap pull downs and stuff. So it's like a lot of like the same stuff we would do. So I think everyone has to have that, like those base, that base strength, because no matter what sport you play, I think for the most part, like strength is going to be a factor in it. Um, but then you kind of tailor like certain exercises more towards, um, the demands of their sport. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right. Do you guys have anything else? Cause I know we, we still have that one. We actually do have one more talking point. Um, I think it is, uh, just that quote at the end of our sheet that we have, how, uh, we're always told we're not, we're just chiropractors. We should only be adjusting our patients. not like we're PTs. Um, do either of you want to touch on why this notion is kind of outdated now? I do have a quick question for the pair of you though. Just, uh, I'll start with you, Bridget, because I th- think 
that you're going more into like i think both of you are going more private like you're going out on your own in an ideal world for having somebody with rehab would you would you be more focused on the rehab and then have somebody more on the training portion of it or would you be the one doing the rehab and the training i mean and i and i in an ideal world i would love to have the time to do both but i think that's what it's going to come down to is time wise per appointment um that's just yeah, for yeah, me in, uh, but like, in an I'd, ideal I'd, world I'd, yeah i mean obviously i would like to I'd like to help the athletes or patients in general in any capacity that I can. Um, how I would want to do it is I would definitely want to be able to do, you know, prehab stuff with my patients and then work on, you know, doing ART, doing pin and stretch, all that, adjusting if I need to. And then more so just almost acting like, cause I want to get my CSCS and I know Austin's in the same boat as well. Like I would love to just be in the gym with an athlete or active person in general and just help them fine tune their technique on things and just make sure that their workout is, you know, it's catering to what they need. Um, Cause like if someone's trying to get shredded and just have six pack abs coming to me, like, okay, we're going to tailor it so that we can do that. But if I have an athlete coming to me cause they're too slow on defense, we're going to tailor it towards, you know, being more explosive, getting your first step to be quicker and, um, you know, targeting different muscle groups at that as in that aspect. Um, because especially with athletes, like one of the things that like I, it was a quote I got from, I forget what book it was, but, uh, it was, you want to try to find movement transitions that challenge an athlete's physical abilities. But if every drill they do is easy, then you're doing them a disservice. Um, so like, that's like a big thing for me that I'm definitely going to harp on. I don't really know if that answered your question just cause that's actually such a tough question because there's obviously like so much you want to be able to do as soon as you get out. And it's great to have these dreams, but like, you also have to be realistic that like, if you're coming out, starting on your own, there's like so many other steps to take into account, but no, I, I definitely like where you're going with that for sure. I'm interested to see, uh, what Austin's thoughts are on that as well. Um, I think you can do it and you should do it. You just got to charge people for it, right? Like now you're providing services that maybe not every chiropractor is going to provide, you know, like not only are you able to get people out of pain and rehab them, but now you can also get them stronger, faster and better for their sport. Like can't really say that there's that many chiropractors that can, that are out there doing that. So I mean, for me, like, that's what I want to do. Like you said, like, I'm interested in doing the CSCS and, um, like in the process of that. So I, cause I want to be able to take, um, whether it's athletes or just like, you know, like your, your average Joe's just taking them through that whole process and showing them, like, I can not only like get you out of pain and like have you feeling better, but I can also have you feeling better than you ever had before. So like taking them through that like whole process. Um, and I think that also opens the door to you not just dealing with people in pain. Now you're also dealing pe with people who want like performance aspects or to just like get stronger, faster, whatever it is. 
So you're kind of opening your doors to like more clients in a sense too, because you're not just the person who, you know, they just deal with pain. They actually got me jacked or strong or whatever it was. Yeah, I think that's a, a one of the things that we kind of have to educate the population about. Like I said before, like that we're more than just your adjustment. And if you're in pain, come see us. Like we just kind of we can do a lot for your health, whether you're in pain or not. Like, yeah, it's kind of what I was getting. Yeah. And well, like I don't want to bash on like PTs either because there's like a lot of good, and I don't mean physiotherapists. I mean personal trainers. Um, cause there's a lot of good personal trainers out there that like know their shit and like know what they're doing. But at the same time, there's also a lot that don't know anything. So I think working with like my patients and like whether they're athletes or average shows, I'd feel more comfortable, um, putting together programs for them than I would having just like a normal personal trainer off the street or like some coach that maybe doesn't have the background and knowledge of like um the human body that like we do so that's just like my look on it okay yeah so would you guys be willing to take on almost less uh like less clientele or less patient-based to like in an ideal world to spend a little bit more time with each and every one of them. Essentially that's, I mean, we're going to need to spend time like as much time with them, but especially if you guys are going to want to go through like a full training program with, with them and all that, I think it just might be the way I say it. Like if, if I can get somebody that I trust and I know that they know their stuff, I'd be able to kind of work with them a little bit and kind of, Co- almost co-treat them like we would do somebody with the like a physio or uh, like an md or an, a doc like that that's kind of what i would ideally like to get to down the road to start until i find somebody that i can trust know I, that i know i can trust that knows their stuff that has the same end goal for their patient in mind as me that's kind of what i'm what i'd be after but i definitely get where you guys are coming from that it's hard to find the person like find a person that you know wants the same thing for your patient but also like giving them a platform to become a better like version of themselves is something that you definitely want to like you're already treating the patient as is so like why not we just stay with me rather than seeing seven or eight different people i can offer you all of this stuff to get to the same spot that you would if you saw four or five other people. Yeah. I mean, ideally like, so, I mean, I doubt he listens to this podcast, but I know Austin knows who I'm talking about. Justin Ravinowitz. He holds like this whole class that actually like has to deal with like how you, you can be able to spend an hour with a patient. You just have to give, you obviously have to bump up your rates. Like, especially because, what he harps on is you're trying to sell a unique experience, something that you're not going to be able to get somewhere else. Cause like, think about it. When's the last time you heard of a chiropractor who you went to see them and they're doing the ART and everything with you, they do the adjustments, but then for the rest of that hour, it is all working on exercise and just, you know, 
training and basically doing prehab training rehab everything in one session um and you know he's seeing him once a week um and he's making a killing off of it and it's crazy because like sometimes like you think about like you're like all right well if that's like let's say he's charging people like two hundred dollars a visit you're like how in god's name does anyone pay that but like honestly think about how much people pay for golf you know what I mean? Like what they pay for a membership and what they pay for clubs. And I'm definitely singling you out, Connor, right now. Um, but think about how much money people spend on that stuff. And that's just to, you know, go out and get away from their wives or kids for the weekend. Like imagine if someone fully invested into their health like that. Like that's. That is not why I golf. Just I'm going. That is not why I golf. You are fully throwing me under the bus on that one that is not why i golf she golfs okay, with well, me she likes to golf we both like to golf kids so obviously that's not you but i'm just saying <laughs> well you started you started out like you were throwing throwing shade at me all right you you <laughs> Amanda, get the general message this, of i do what not I was golf saying. to get away from you you get you get the general <laughs> message of what i was trying to get at yes but I am merely covering my ass. <laughs> okay. Just but yeah, ideally, like, I would love to see patients for an hour. And, you know, I, I don't want them to have to pay an arm and a leg just to come see me. Like, I would hope that I could find a price that's appropriate for both parties. Um, and that's, honestly, that's an end goal from, not an end goal, but, like, that's where I do want to be in a few years. But it's just, like, one of those things that it's so hard to know, like, right out of school. Like, can I actually... Like, is it feasible for me to spend an hour with every patient and just immediately charge this insane amount of money? You know what I mean? Without, and like, yes. that's part of something he talks about in that class. Well, that's, that's part of what he talks about in that class too. It's just like the confidence to like, be like, screw it. Like, just do you, but. No, I, I was saying you can, because think about what you're offering people. You're offering people, you're basically a Cairo. You're doing what a physio can do. And you're doing what a personal trainer can do. You're doing three jobs in the span of an hour. Like people would have to go to different professions and bounce around town to get what they're getting from you. And that would take far longer than an hour. So if you can get people to recognize that too, then I don't think there's a reason why you can't do it. That's what I'm trying to say. 